Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, folks, it is a wrap on the 2023 Big 12 football season. We look back on the season that was, and we discuss Texas coming up short in the Sugar Bowl. That's coming up on today's Big 12 Watch. I'm your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find this show wherever you all get your podcast: Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all of those places. You all can also find the show on YouTube, uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and leave your comments as well. Uh, thank you all for passed along some notes yesterday, wondering where the show was. Uh, obviously, if you all can tell, my voice is is shot, and it, it was not good enough to do a show yesterday. Um, and I, I doubt we'll go the full distance today, just because uh, when I put stuff out, I want to make sure the content is is pretty good or as good as it can be. And I know I've been traveling and then I got sick. So really been all over the place, but we've still been putting stuff out here on crystal ball college football, still been putting out stuff out here on the big 12 watch as 2024 begins. And there are no trips on the docket for me. Um, you know, it's good news. We had, I was in Virginia and then I was in Dallas and I was in Arkansas in between. So, you know, a bunch of different locations in a pretty short period of time. And that made things a bit wonky, different technology, we're back in the normal studio. Everything's working the way it should be. So let's finger, you know, except my voice, uh, but fingers crossed this persists. And uh, if you guys want to find us on Twitter slash X at NWPod365 at Josh Neighbors underscore are the ways you all can. So uh, I'm a bit late with this, obviously, but the season's over for the Big 12. So you all know what happened in the Sugar Bowl. What a, what a great game. What a contest. Uh, we have our national championship game now between Washington and and Michigan, uh, one of those two teams will win their first championship in the 21st century. So congratulations to one of those two. Congratulations to both those programs for being there. It's obviously a significant step to just uh, reach the championship game. And, and obviously now both love a chance to go ahead and win the championship game. Um, but, you know, each season, I guess you could say, might be defined by a team that wins a championship sometimes. But uh, sometimes, you know, in a conference, it's, it can be defined by two teams, you know, and I think uh, 
Georgia and Alabama are a good example, you know, this this year, right? Like it was Georgia going for three straight, and it was Bama that just did not look like a complete outfit. And in the final week of the season, you know, the regular season, they escape Auburn, and they were still in the, the SEC title game anyway. But it's like, all right, they're definitely going to lose to Georgia. And they go out there and they beat Georgia. And so, you know, they kind of all of a sudden it was Alabama who got talked about in the end. Um, this year, the Big 12 was about Texas. Texas was the best team in the league from wire to wire. Heading into the year, they were picked to win the league in their big rivalry matchup against um, against Oklahoma. That was their one slip-up in what was a classic game, right? But I think that we knew pretty early on when they had that massive game against Alabama on the road and they won by double digits, it became, it crystallized for us that it was going to be a season where the Texas Longhorns were going to have to be respected and feared. And if you ask me what kind of, what kind of like singular because because last year K-State wins a Big 12, right? But but last year was all about TCU. Last year was about TCU and them being a weekly high wire act, essentially, right? A weekly, oh my God, what are the horn frogs going to do now to top what they did before? And and how is it possible? with the way, you know, that, that everything has gone, how is it possible? And uh, they were able to mount that unbelievable season. And to be honest, if you ask me which one of those two I prefer, I prefer the way TCU did it because of how exciting it was. Uh, Texas is, if you want to talk about a team that's, you know, got a chance to win a championship, Texas is the right way to do it because they're more dominant. And they're showing traits of a championship team. I mean, think about the historic performance and the unbelievable performance that Michael Penix Jr. and Washington, their offense put out there. And the fact that even despite that, um, and Texas without their running back, and Texas with a limited Xavier Worthy, and Quinn Ewers not playing an especially good game, the Texas Longhorns were in that game till the very end. They had the ball with a chance to score and win the game despite everything that Washington did. And that that's a, just a, you know about their quality. And you look at what they did against Oklahoma State and TCU, two pretty good teams in this league, or excuse me, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, the final two weeks, they destroyed them in the first half of games. Um, and so, you know, like the, the ironic part, though, is you talk about winning a championship, TCU actually made the championship game. They did beat a Michigan. So, you know, think about the last two seasons, like two Big 12 teams in the college ball playoff, if I ask you which team I thought had a better chance of winning a championship, I would have told you the Texas Longhorns. Uh, which team actually got closer to winning a championship? It was the TCU Horn Frogs, despite the fact they actually didn't even win the Big 12 championship game. They did and got blown out in the national championship game. But they were one game away. Texas was not. Texas didn't even make that game. Um, and it kind of goes to one point. Too, and I'm not trying to just pile on Texas. Um, because they had a phenomenal year and I enjoyed watching them this year. But what I want to say is that Texas, after everything that's been talked about, about the brand that they definitely are, and Oklahoma is a great brand as well, about the season that they had, um, they still did not put together a performance overall in the Big 12 conference requisite, you know, or, or, or on par with the brand that they are and and what they and how good they should be. They were not as good as they should be. I think a lot of folks would agree 
that the Longhorns did not meet the uh, even like highest expectation, even if you thought like title every single season, which is not a good expectation. Like Oklahoma was the standard bearer in the league. They carried the flag for excellence in this conference forever before they even talked about leaving. Um, and actually, actually, after they you know wanted to leave, they, they kind of put that out there. They, they did not have, they were not the excellent program. I'm not even sure they made the Big 12 championship game, right? When does that happen? They said they were leaving whatever in 2020. They made that one too, or 2021. I forget which year it was, but obviously uh, 2021, 22, 23, they were not in the Big 12 championship game. Texas finally has a season, but just w- one year can't can't make all right in the world. Texas underachieved. I'm not saying Steve Sarkeesian's underachieving. I think he's got that, that program, the spot where it should be, but Overall, Texas did underachieve for a brand of that level, for a team that you know, says, oh, great recruits all the time. Steve Sarkeesian showed up and recruited the offensive and defensive lines at an incredibly high level. He is the one who's helped elevate and got coaches in there to elevate, and other coaches should have been able to do it, but it took Sark to do it. So he deserves a lot of credit for being the guy who has been able to deliver Texas to this stage, deliver Texas to this moment. I believe that he deserves some credit for that. But as a program, Texas has run here in the Big 12 the last 15 years. And you can really say ever since the championship has been a um, – it's not been up to par, uh, you know, or up to what people think par should be at a place like Texas. I think that's completely fair. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Um yeah, so I, I think it's kind of that at that point. Oklahoma, I know they didn't win a playoff game, but man, were they awesome for a long period of time. Man, they were awesome for a long period of time. So I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you know really anything about them. But the the funny thing is, hey man, ever since we started the college football playoff, neither of those two schools won a college football playoff game. Between them, I think there was five opportunities, I believe. They did not win a single one of those college football playoff games. And so you look back on their run here and they never represented the Big 12 in a championship. Only one team from the state of, of, of uh, in, in the Nash championship. I mean, uh, well, Texas did back in the, you know, like, I mean, CFP era. CFP era, they have not represented them in the championship. One team did. It was TCU, which is, which is pretty funny. Um, right, it's interesting to see a school like a TCU go to the championship game, get waxed, but still made it there after a season where they did skate by in a bunch of games. They went up against Michigan and great coaching job. And and they were able to do that. And I'm excited to see if other big 12 teams can do that in the future. And that's where you look, you know, one era of the big 12 is now over. It's, it's interesting. The big 12 is such a transitional league that you are always thinking uh, you know, you're always kind of like looking at something that's just becoming a different version, right? We had the league as it was losing, you know, as it was before. And you have them losing Oklahoma and Texas, right? And But you have them still with them in the league. And then you've got the new four schools coming in that came into the league this year. Then you've got OU and Texas leaving this year and the new four schools coming in next year. And then you kind of got everybody, you know, you have to let the rivalries develop and whatnot. It's so like this league, this league is like a piece of clay. It's being molded and obviously kind of the, the person molding it right now is the commissioner, Brett Yormark. And he is trying to create this, uh, you know, whatever this is now, 
uh, you know, he is the artist, if you will, and the president's obviously too, and the members of the board are, are obviously part of that too. But Brett Yormark, now kind of the sculptor, if you will, of what the Big 12 Conference will become. And I will say he's brash, he's out there. But the, the thing is, like, nobody really remembers, nobody really is going to think about those comments Brett Yormark made about Texas in the end. Um, I don't think anybody like really has, has been thinking about that. Obviously, it was a tough look for the league, but still, this league is going to be defined by uh, the margins and what the coaches and players can do in the margins to catch up to the big dogs and what the staff and the Big 12 brass do in the margins to catch up to the Big 10 and the SEC. And really, catching up means maintaining relevance. You know, I, I went through a list of things that the Big 12 should be prioritizing in 2024. And the reason why I argued that conference realignment was a bit further down the ledger is because, um, you know, I think on on court, on field results are the big thing. The Big 12 survived realignment kind of round one and the Pac-12 did not. Realignment round two looks like it's going to begin with Florida State and the ACC whether it ends with them or not, I don't know. Whether you know round two becomes round three and we're starting to talk about Super Leagues, I don't know. But but one thought I want to share, and this was from watching the games the other day, and I think it's a really important thing that we share this, is that we need regular seasons that are regular, right? We need regular seasons in which Texas goes through a schedule where they beat on the, you know, they beat up on on some teams that we thought were pretty good in the league. They had their one, their one loss, but we cannot have a situation in this sport where Alabama plays Michigan every week. Like we cannot have just big games all the time. What made the big games big games is the actual seasons. The reason why I'm saying this, and I've said this a lot, but the specter of a super league is hanging over college football right now. And I think there is a temptation to look at the ratings that Bama and Michigan put out and say, man, I'm a TV company. What if we could do that every single week? What if we could do Clemson and Florida State and Alabama and Texas and Georgia and Oklahoma and so on? What if we could do that every week? But then it stops becoming Alabama meets Michigan in the Rose Bowl with a chance to go to the championship game on the line. It stops becoming that once you just make a Super League and tell a lot of people everything else does not matter. Because everybody's invested and involved. And I'll tell you what, man, like I know people here in Arkansas who didn't have interest in watching both games because uh, the hog season sucked and I'm just kind of out on football right? Uh, or folks are like, you know, I care. I'll, I'll, I'll watch some, but you can tell because there's a bit of distance, their team is not necessarily involved or their season sucked. So they, they kind of lose interest later on in bowl season. You can tell if you start tearing at those fibers more and more and you say, Hey, Kansas state, you're not in the super league or there's relegation or there's less teams like from the big 12 and the ACC that are involved and your division one football, you say, Hey, G five, you're not gonna get a spot, right? Liberty uh, losing to Oregon has started the whole talk about who deserves a spot 
And should we let teams like those schools in the G5 seeing Brandon Walker said the G5 needs their own national championship. Fine. You can say that stuff. But as soon as we start keep, you know, we pull up those fabrics and we start telling people, Hey, you're not a part of this. Hey, you, you, you know, this is not for you. They'll stop caring. The casuals will stop caring. Why should they care? College football is not the highest level of football. The pros is right. So you can't sell casual fans that Alabama versus Michigan every single week. Clemson versus Alabama is the best version of football. That is not true. And if there's no reason for a Kansas state fan to care, why should they watch? If folks in Arkansas and Mississippi or whatever are saying, hey, I don't want to watch the games. I don't really care. Also, what the hell are we doing with a 745 Central start time for the Sugar Bowl um, on, you know, on a night where most folks are going back to work the next day? What in the hell is that? Um, but if, if, if you keep pulling at those fabrics and you give less and less fans an association with, with major college football, they will not watch. I've always given this example, but I'll do it again. I have friends who are JMU fans, James Madison. And when they were in the FCS, they watched normal college football if, if my friends and I were watching. But really, they kind of cared about what JMU was doing and what Richmond was doing and what William & Mary was doing and what North Dakota State was doing and what Villanova was doing because those are the schools that they would ultimately play in a playoff format. And so you care about the things that will affect your school, your team. And so if you're not the highest level and you keep telling other schools and fan bases, hey, well, this, this CFP thing is not really for you, you, you will start losing Michigan versus Alabama in terms of how special it was. That was special because of the situation and the circumstance. Those two seasons they put together, right? Michigan's, you know, Michigan's highs, the beating of Ohio State, the beating of Penn State, and kind of the questions there against Alabama's, you know, somewhat of a TCU tightrope act, right? I mean, that, that Jalen Milrow long throw at the end kind of gives you shades of TCU tightrope act against Baylor vibes, right? And then going out there and beating, you know, them beating Georgia was almost the way TCU kind of beat Michigan, right? It was like, I don't know about this Crimson Tide team. Oh, oh, you, they got their shot. They did not miss. Now, I don't know about TCU against Michigan. Oh, oh, they, they, they beat Michigan. They never trailed in the game. Wow, the Horn Frogs did not miss. And so it kind of made this situation where they clashed. And those two great brands, it made the game fascinating. But if you oversaturate that and do that every single week and you're, a pro, you know, you're, you're in a situation, like even the NFL guys, you know, the thing about the NFL is those games, they're all pros. So anybody can beat anybody every single week. It's not always, it's not the case in college, Right. But like you still need you still need your Raiders versus Broncos. You still need still need your Patriots versus Broncos. You still need you know and Patriots could have won that game. You still need your Commanders play everybody because that's how the schedule is. Like you need a schedule uh, on a weekly basis and on a, on a on a yearly basis that's got some lows because it makes the highs higher. It can't be this is the best all the time. You're always getting this. College football cannot do that, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but college football cannot do that, in my opinion, because it is not the NFL. It is not the highest level. You can even think about this, too. College football has Thursday night games. The NFL chased them off Thursday night. They did. You do not see good college football games on Thursday nights 
like he used to. You don't see Matt Ryan's Boston College team going to Lane Stadium to take on the Hokies. Virginia Tech used to have a Thursday night game every single year, and they don't anymore. Um, and they, they, why would you? You know, they actually have like Friday night games now. It's kind of what you're seeing more of at Lane Stadium. Or if it's a Thursday night game, it's like the first week of the season when the NFL is actually not happening. And Tech had a Thursday night game this year. And actually, I, th- I think I'm trying to think if there's a Thursday or Friday is when that game was against Syracuse. I forgot what the NFL game was that week, but like nobody besides me cared about that, right? So like you're kind of already ruined it, you know? Um, I think a Thursday night game. They had one. Maybe it was last year against West Virginia, but I think that was also in the NFL was not playing at that point either. But if it was, it got overshadowed by that. But like you're saying that that's, you know, the NFL has taken that over. That's the big league. Do not NFL your NFL yourself. Do not NFLify college football. Those great brands, it's exciting to see them play, but it's exciting the same way Red River is because it comes around once a year. Red River is special because it's once a year. If you give me everything I want every single week of the year, like it stops being what I want. Um, you know, we don't get to have Ohio State, Michigan every single year, right? It's good they do that once a year. And look, sometimes they'll play twice. Yes, that might happen. All right, but that's fine if they do it in a championship game type situation. I also wouldn't be surprised if conference championship games go away, right? Because are you going to play Michigan, Alabama? I mean, hell, there's a chance you could play. Michigan, Ohio State, three times in a month and a half. Right? Imagine if Michigan, Ohio State played their judgment, you know, their their the big game, the rivalry, the hell they call it, their rivalry game, and then they played at the Big Ten championship game, and they they met in the playoff. Like you need to be careful about how much you saturate that. And look, that can happen. I'm sure it's happened in the pros before too. I'm sure that, you know, because sometimes we've had those weird things in the pros where for some reason they'll do two divisional games in the last three weeks of the season. They'll be like week 15, Washington, Philly, week 16, Washington, New York, and then week 17 is Washington, Philly again. You're like, what in the hell is going on? Why are we doing this? Um, So, you know, like, you know, you don't want to do that because you end up maybe having to meet in the playoffs again. Like you want to be careful with that kind of thing. That's my concern about college football. Those those felt like special big games. You know, Washington and um, Washington and Texas felt like a big game because it was like Texas back in this moment. But oh my god, this Michael Penix guy. People were being like, should have been the Heisman. No, he should not have. I think Tom Fornelli hit it on the head. Roma Dunze. If anybody on that team should have been the Heisman, it should have been Roma Dunze. Uh, I don't think there's anybody. And there's, I don't think there's too much debate about that. At least in my opinion. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think that's what I, what I take away from this season was that it was awesome to see Texas reach those heights and it was awesome to see Texas in two special games, but it was cool because, or three special games, but it was cool because it was, that was not how it worked. Like they had to beat their regional rivals. They had to beat those teams along the way and to get to that big moment, you know, TCU's tightrope act involved them dog walking two superpowers last year. They killed Oklahoma and they killed tech. They, they physically beat Texas down. You're like, Oh yeah, this thing's serious, but it's cause it's cool because those were the powers in their conference. They're able to beat those powers down. So I don't want to have a non-affiliated 12 team schedule guys. This is why Brett Yormark and the big 12, they're not protecting as many regional rivalries because they want to make sure that everybody plays everybody. So we start building some continuity in the league. 
That's what we have to see. So just keep that in mind. And I hope the folks who are in control of college football keep that in mind too. Um, but the Big 12 championship game should be fun. The Big 12 national championship game should be fun. All right, folks, that'll do it for this, us today. This is the Big 12 Watch. Find us wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, uh, and we'll talk at you next time.